0: David got home safely, and uh, he's uh, had to, he got home at around noon, someone said, and he had to attend to his mom. She went into the clinic, and uh, she's doing okay, too, so that's good news. Uh, what we, put as really, uh, central, uh, what is really central to what we're all about what we're given to, because it's, it's when we're born uh, by God to live in a spiritual dimension, talking to a God that we can't see, who doesn't talk in the, in the normal uh, immediacy of our cognitive ways, but nevertheless he speaks, and when he breathes on us, we, uh, we get help. But, but your job and my job, my responsibility and my call is to, uh, to be weaned, to be weaned from the world. And the, the dangerous thing about saying this when people are, who are serious, they try to do it, and, and uh, unfortunately, they, they don't realize, I didn't realize, that I couldn't. And some of you probably were in that. Fortunately, the, the, the young people that are here have a, have a good uh, jump start because knowing that, that uh, what he is appointed, he performs. We don't. We don't know what every day has for us. you know there's some things very typical and we're going to go through the the job program but I remember taking a doobie around the world and waving it at different times and I I didn't know really uh, what it was all about but this is the way it says it because the sooner you can be weaned from the attachment from the cemented uh, glue of this age you can grow you don't grow with your love for the world you, certainly the love of the father is not in you we see that but here's what it says it's in Psalm 131 and I, I've asked the mothers at different times and um, there are times when children they take a long time to be weaned you know, some, they, as soon as food comes around, they can, they can get away from the, from the milk. But here it is. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I ex- exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. And it says, surely I have behaved and quieted myself and so that's certainly a part of it—to know that you're attached, that you love the music, you love the entertainment. The, I mean, i am hooked on competition. You know, when it, certain best teams are meeting best teams, and uh, and I, I say, Lord, I want to be weaned from it all. Show me, do it, but it has to come from Him. And, and that's your job, because you won't, bro. And, and, uh, and, 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 the, and the central issue is for us to mature so that, that when, you, when you're all in with God, you have an opportunity that you never had when you thought that God was really all there for you. There, there's a difference that makes a big difference. He says, surely I've behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. So God help us tonight. And you can start, you know, every day, there's some things that uh, that I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord's seen, shown me the trash and the waste of it. And, but we have to ask for that. He's not gonna, this isn't, you don't get on automatic with God. This is a very personal interfacing with, <laughs> with the one who loves you. And so, God help us. And he, he, he is you never can be separated from him, no matter what you are, what you do, once he has purchased you. It feels like you are. Uh, Jesus even felt like he was separated from the Father. But don't ever worry about that because the closer you get, the greater the war. And uh, we're, uh, before uh, the service is over, take a few minutes tonight and share this about the miracle of your son and what's happened, if you would, please. We're we're glad to have you here. You decorate the place here tonight. (laughs) Father, go with us. you know it all, we're like tiny, tiny ants running along in a, in a circle of, of our own human confusion. Uh, Wean us from attachments that stop us and stifle us from the love relationship that's the strongest and the greatest and full. Of, of final meaning and uh, pleasure and, and, and your presence beyond anything we can conceive. We thank you for your life and for the life that you have given us to live in. Help us to not be afraid to offer ourselves every day of our lives that we might be enslaved loving you for jesus sake amen let's get
1: it
2: be together, isn't it? It is great to have Linda here as well. <coughs> okay, you ready to be encouraged tonight? Yeah. Try me. I think my dad just said try me. I dare you. The a simple, simple theme tonight, it's called Come to the River, otherwise known as Dig Deep. That's what I want to talk about tonight. There is uh, <clears throat> such provision as we know the Spirit of God every day, and there is, uh, I'm getting more and more tired of being run by the thermostat of the world, anybody else, good days, bad days, maybe you have energy, maybe you don't, Uh, there is a river of life that is eternal and unfading, and it's, it's called the life of Christ and it's within. And I wanna take a look tonight at what it takes uh, because there is uh, an endless supply of life resident with each of, within each one of us that the Lord has moved upon. But there are so many other, there's so many other streams that we get involved in, so many other sources of life, some are the things that are seen in the visible realm when the entire purpose of God is to bring us to a place to realize that it's within. <clears throat> if you consider what uh, everything on, on the topical plane of this world, rivers are an amazing thing. Uh, really, all the all the great cities of the world were built on rivers because that was the entire flow of life. Everything of life centered around rivers. Even here in Alaska, we get to send a lot of things out to the... 150 plus villages that are out there. Brother John's been to a lot of them. And they're all on rivers. The source of life is just on rivers. Um, we live on the Tananon, as we know, it goes from amazing raging river in the summer to a trickle in the winter. But there are some other sources of water around here that are unchanging throughout the year that are always amazing to me. If you were to drop over the back of the south end, uh, there's a spring that comes right out of the ground right there behind the south end, we used to use it for refrigeration and drinking everything, and it never stops flowing. There's a spring right behind the bluff that isn't above the road, but it's below the road, and it has flows into Whitestone Creek, and it doesn't matter what temperature is, it's flowing. And then right past Butterfly Road, there's another spring that turns into uh, Bruce's stream that is just coming right out of the ground. We have three major springs right on our property, and it always amazed me as a kid that it didn't matter whether it was 80 degrees in the summer or 60 below in the winter, you'd be walking around. I don't do that much anymore. Mainly for two reasons, because we don't have 60 below, and if we did, I wouldn't want to walk around in it. But um, unstoppable, unstoppable springs. They are flowing every day, clear, cold water, and they're coming from the deep. They're not surface runoff from a glacier, ebbing and flowing. Raging and ebbing away again. They're deep springs and I have found for myself that there has got to be a a growing into As brother. Bill said we're going to talk about a little of what he said today He talked. You opened up with being weaned from the world. Um, So I'm going to go home and do that tonight. (coughs) We're we're as the Bible says we are in stuck in this world. Um, but we do not want to be of it. That is a great thing. Uh, the rivers of this world—they do bring a certain life, and they will take you up and they will take you down. It is a cycle of insanity, is what it is. It is just, you know. Um, but the springs. This is why I said digging deep. It's a simple theme, kids. Digging deep for the river of life within. When I had little kids, I just wanted a theme to be said at the beginning of the word. Now I have older kids and I forget about it. Um, but it is amazing how uh, fickle all the streams of this world can be. You know, you can, you can get up and it can be a great day and things can be going well and you feel great. But then something happens. And if, you're, if your joy is, is being ridden upon the cares of the day and what's going on, you're just going to be run by the river of the world. I, I get tired of that. And, you know, the fact is the Lord put within us, he put us right here to realize that there really is no source of life in ourselves that is going to satisfy. It takes a long time to realize that, you know, when you're young and you feel invincible, you know, there's a lot of fun things happening. There's a lot of great things happening. There's a lot that, it, that the world has to offer that's a lot of fun. And what's that? Yes, yeah, seemingly. Exactly. Um. And a lot of those things, you have to use them harder and harder to have more fun. And the end of those things is generally death in most cases, taken to the extreme. I mean, that's just, it just is. And, and um, you know, one thing that the Lord has shown me as I've gotten older is that I'm not very patient. Anybody in here really patient? I, I actually, there's some examples of people that I think of, of being patient people. Um... Drawing from a deep well is something that requires patience and waiting on the Lord. Um, you know, it's even amazing these days. Even all the easy drinks, it's like soft serve drinks. You know, you ever go up to a soda fountain? You're trying to find just water. You know, it's like the button hidden behind the lemonade or something, right? It's like all you know. It just is. It, it getting getting real quality life. It takes it takes work. It takes digging. It's not just right there. Um, and so. It's good to know what well you're drawing from. Psalm 130, this is, this is fantastic here. Um, hmm. Let's just start in verse five. It says, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with Him is plenteous redemption, and He shall redeem Israel from all His iniquities. There is. Brother Bill was talking about being weaned here, um, quieting your soul to wait upon the Lord. Boy, that is a challenge. It is amazing what comes to my mind when I just want to quiet my soul for a few moments of prayer. I mean, the craziest things will cut loose. Whatever I've forgotten at work during the day, it's right there. Like, now I just have a to-do list when I go to start praying, no. But everything of this world comes against quieting your soul to be able to wait upon the Lord. Everything is just input, input, input. I mean, milliseconds. I was reading about how long the average American has an attention span for an ad. They have to get so creative. I think the Super Bowl was like 250,000 a second, right? We looked at the math for an ad. You know, it's got to be better and louder and more crafty just to hold because we're just spoiled with just things just coming right up out of the screen to us. Just whatever you can imagine and things you can't imagine. They're just right there. You know, you just you can be on the news trying to read an article and the things on the sides are offering you things you don't even want to know about. It's just it's just there. This is what we are growing up into constant. The barrage of what comes at you is constant just to get your attention, just to draw you in things that it's just like. The fast food, the junk food of the world. All of that is so incredibly different than the life that comes from Christ that is real and it is unchanging and it is eternal. Totally the opposite. It's like to, to, to really dig deep, take something completely different. My soul, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait. And in his word do I hope. There is something so different about quieting your soul. I just. I have found that it is so critical for me to quiet my soul before the Lord. If I really want to have a clue about what the Lord has for me for the day, I've got to wake up and quiet my soul. I've got to quiet my soul throughout the day repeatedly to say, Lord, you know, I've come to the end of some days and realized, boy, I had a lot of priorities I had to meet today. Lord, did I meet? Did I really? Was I aware of your priorities for me today? Did I, did I have, you know, you can have one conversation a day and you realize that was the most important part of the whole day. That was the, that was the eternal part of living water that happened during the whole day. The rest of the day was a job. It was coming and going. But when you, when you really reach into living water, there's a change. There, there is real life. There is, there is, it is not a, a, an evaporative thing that takes place. It's, it's real. It is, it's. An uh, uh, un- unquenchable source and this is where um, I just I love that song come to the river It's just so simple and I love it given to Laura just right in the middle of a service it just it never runs dry there's there is there is only one river that never has run this every other river that you and I have tried it might last for a good long time but it, it is gonna run some of them don't last that long but they will run dry and when they run dry they leave you feeling more empty than ever before why did I go down this path Why did I think this was so fun? And you know, the patience of the Lord, he lets us run down and drink out of all those rivers that we are persuaded that we have to. And he doesn't, as Brother Bill said, he doesn't leave you. He's there when you realize, oh man, I want to come back to my senses. You know, he doesn't, he lets the prodigal run all the way to the pig's pen and realize, this has been an interesting road. I spent all the money, I've tried all the fun, I've done all the things, and now I find myself literally in a pig's pen I'm not even as good as my father's servants. It's funny how far it takes sometimes to just wake up and realize, I'm tired of drinking of the wells that I've been drinking of. This is not bringing life. This is, you know, and maybe you have gone to the Lord about some of those wells, and, you know, the Lord has has maybe, you know, sometimes I like the Lord just to dry those wells up for me, for my kids, whatever they are. But the fact is, the Lord doesn't, Take your head and force you into it, the Lord, the Lord. actually says, "Come, come unto me." You know, you want to, you want to have rest for your soul. Come unto me. I was reading about a spring. The largest spring in the world is in Florida, um, and uh, it, it, there's the, just the study of springs amazing. Basically, a spring is a result of a higher aquifer. So a lot of spiritual principles to this, but there's a higher aquifer that creates pressure. And when there is a fissure or an access, a cave of some nature, sometimes caused by an earthquake, whenever there is an available route for that aquifer, these springs, as you can tell, are we're up here. There's about 10, 12 foot drop to there. There's an aquifer in here that has head pressure behind it. Just a constant aquifer of clean water. It's in the water table. The whole globe is wrapped in a water table. It's totally incredible. You drill down, you get water, it's astounding. In between the rock, there's a water table, it's amazing. But it's got enough pressure to be coming up in these things that just never ceases, right? The coming off the mountains, if you look at all the alluvial things that are happening here, it's incredible just to read about what's happening here. But um, sometimes, uh, if you don't get the picture, sometimes an earthquake is required to uh, let loose or to stop and force from within uh, living water, but anyway, there's a there's a spring in uh, Florida. I was looking at the gallons. Uh, it's, it's just incredible How many gallons of, of water uh, come out of this thing? Um, it's called Wakula Springs 600,000 gallons per minute come out of the spring just an amazing an amazing quantity of water It's and they can't even they have found some of the most amazing fossils in the US in this aquifer just their point being that for for literally centuries for Thousands of years—it's been a source of life. You know, they have all the, all the quantitative, you know, growth life from you know mastodon bones and everything all the way through. They found preserved down in you know the bones, not the thing, but down in this, this spring, incredibly deep. Um, and they really cannot determine. It's amazing. They said they reading about it. They cannot determine the the total geographical. Um, input of the aquifer that creates that that causes this spring to keep flowing but 600,000 gallons of water uh coming out of the spring and they were just you know back in the old days springs were just the central source of what happened you know you would if there were springs in the area you would dig a well near a spring you know you you hear about abraham digging to different wells right and and protecting those wells and create you know creating staircases down the value of those uh was amazing you know if you read about elephants elephants have an amazing generational memory for where, when it goes to a drought, where the real springs of water can be found. They go for hundreds of miles to find these things. Incredible. Anyway, um, and of course, those things all flow in, uh, you know, flow into the ocean. Um, that's, that's the world's largest spring. Um, the world's largest river, of course, is the, is the Amazon, which empties 58 million gallons into the ocean every second. <laughs> it's just a number you can't even wrap your head of. <laughs> 58 million gallons every second coming out of the Amazon from just all the rainforest that coincide there. And a really interesting fact about the Amazon, you know, it's just walked the whole, that whole Amazon Valley, the, the basin there is being, it's, there's nutrients coming into the ocean, right? From the Amazon river. Well, you want, I was thinking what replenishes these nutrients, right? It just, if you look at, you know, obviously the, 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 out here, the Delta, well, you know how much gravel because it ruins our boat dock, right? I mean, thousands of tons are coming down this, this river every year. And the mountains are slowly being pushed up. It's just a cycle of moving things. It's just astounding. Anyway, the Amazon River, it accounts for 20% of the world's freshwater flow into the ocean. That one river, it's just astounding, the volume coming in from it. Um, anyway, what the, some of you probably know this, but maybe like Don, but the nutrients to replenish the Amazon forest come from the Sahara Desert. And you know how they get there? In the wind. An average of 22,000 tons of dust per year, phosphorus-carrying dust, comes from the Sahara Desert and it blows over into the Amazon forest. Just crazy. So the point is that the wind of the spirit is just amazing that I didn't know that much. That's where the nutrient replenishment comes to the Amazon River is from the, the Sahara. You're talking continental replenishing going on. It's just wild. just mind-boggling to think about. <clears throat> anyway, um, the fact is that um, for all of us, um, within us, is an eternal uh, well springing up. And to be, to be doing what we are called to do, if you stop to consider... How many days maybe you come to breakfast and you just kind of feel like you're gaining your reserves to meet the day, right? Just to make it through the day, you're getting your reserves. And then you might consider that you're called to redeem creation. And it seems so far out there, you know, it's like it's like Elisha coming to the lady that doesn't know that the Lord's told him this. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm here. And the Lord told me you were going to take care of me through the famine, you know, hello. And she's like, that's great, but I've got this cruise of oil and I'm just preparing to die. You know, this is, I've got enough to take me through the next day. When you compare the way that you feel to the calling, as Brother John said, as the elect, the calling we have, it's evident there's a vast chasm of capability that is totally impractical to come from within ourselves. There's no, there's not even one iota of being able to redeem creation that's going to come from our own strength. I mean, you know. Literally just keeping ourselves in line, uh, our own selves in line, as the saying is, is is more than any of us are able to do, obviously, Um, but connected as we are called and being given. We heard about the the seed of life that is within the fact of the matter is uh, in each of us, in each of us that have a connection with the Holy Spirit. It is not something from without. There is within us a fountain of life. It may not feel that way. It may not look that way. But there is a fountain of life. I'm not the guy that said it. We're going to read about it. But, and, and it is eternal. And it's to be flowing out. And I will say that um, around here, we are blessed to bump into people that are connected to the fountain of life. And when you do, it is a great blessing to be sourced from a little bit of that life. It is, it just You can talk to someone I actually talked to Two different young people recently that um, in a very uh, evident way maybe not visibly evident but just talking with them but it, it was apparent to me that they have changed some of what they're doing with their private life and getting connected with a different source. that's the best way I can say it uh, which is all the difference in the world it is the, what you feed on what you drink on is so absolutely critical you can say and say it but to just feed on what the world has to offer is just, it's a great way just to ruin your soul. It really is. There's just nothing. I mean, the news alone is just, you can read four headlines before breakfast and you don't even want to come to breakfast. It just is, you know, I think I'll go back to bed. This is not a, this is not a world I want to live in. It's just, it's not just the shootings, it's everything of just, every day you read something that you didn't even think of that someone might conceive of to say before to do this. Just. Sourced out of human flesh, just just self-centered flesh. That is what this world has to offer, and that is about taking and taking and taking. That is what that is what we do as humans. And the call we have in our life is to give. And um, I just the other, you know, the shooting that happened at the um, in the school the other day, just just incredible. But I was just, you know I was reading about the the kid in uh, Canada that was at a Catholic school, not a public school. And last fall they had a conversation about you know different trans people going into different bathrooms and he said something about his convictions. And anyway, they basically you know, forced him out of school. And then the girls in the school were so offended by what was happening in their restroom that they brought the thing up for public discussion again this spring and they asked to come back and he came back and he restated what he had said about it. Just literally, I read, I read what he said. It's a simple statement about, I think the boys should use this restroom and the girls should use this room. And they had him arrested. And I'm thinking to myself, this is not in a public school, this is a Catholic school. He's arrested, there, there really isn't a compass left, and we know this already, um, in the world, but um, the way that the enemy brings us water to drink, it doesn't seem that obvious, uh, you know what I mean? Like, the, the fast food that comes from this world, it, it seems pretty good at times. It is, it is amazing what people can do, and there's, there's some great people there. Um, but to really grow up into maturity where you feed from living waters, that is just that is something that is a must for all of us, and it is something that is available to all of us. Turn to John four. <clears throat> I don't know what um, you know. I don't know what future inventions or future entertainment, um, but is going to come up. But I know that the Lord is in the business of letting us have as long of a drink as we need to be persuaded that that life source is not going to bring us life. And not only is it going to bring us life, it is going to become a detraction. It, it just, it's like a black hole. It just, it just, it's, it just draws in. All you wanna do is, if you, you know, if you're gonna live in the land of entertainment, which we all have, you have to have more and more entertainment. You know what I mean? It's like none of those spectrums from from the most seemingly, um, you know, harmless thing, all the way to drug. They just, there's no, you have to have it more and more and more to keep getting a different fix, right? There's nothing, there is no eternal sourcing from that. Um, there's no satisfaction, there's no peace in your soul. And this is, um, we know the story, but I want to read this story. Just I was reading this the other day and it just it's, it's done so well. This is a story we know of Jesus coming to, going on his way to Samaria. This is John 4, verse 5, and I just want to look through this story really and just talk about it a little bit. But, In verse five, it says, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sakura, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there again, an ancient, right? Took a lot of deep well to to create this. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And again, to get the whole picture here, Jesus actually happens to be thirsty. And he's trying to, he, he knows this woman is coming, right? This is obviously, he knows what's happening, but it's a great play out here. And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh the drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, that would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. This lady has no idea what is about to hit her. I mean, literally, she's just there trying to get some water out of the well, and she's got a dude asking her for water, and she's like, what is going on? She just isn't reading this at all for so long. It's amazing. She doesn't get the living water. I don't know how it was said in Hebrew, but it didn't come through. Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? You know, like, okay. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof of himself and children and his cattle? And Jesus answered unto her and said, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Now consider that. There really is only one source of life where you never need to thirst again. That is an amazing thought. Because real satisfaction, real eternal satisfaction is only found one place. It just, it's just, it's so different. The life of Christ that is available, that brings peace to your soul, is entirely different than everything else that you can keep trying to feed it to make the day go okay. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. I love that. It shall be within him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. This is the calling that we have. It's not just making it through the day for yourself. It's that when you're connected to the source, you actually become a well of water. That's all. Think about that. Think about not just being okay to make it through the day, but but being a well of water, a, a well of the life of Christ that isn't something dramatic or ecstatic maybe. It might be just something that you speak to somebody. But... When you're connected to that well, then the fact of the matter is, that is what is going to come out. What you are feeding on is going to come out. That's what comes out of you. And the woman says to him, that sounds fantastic. Give me this water, so that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. This is great. She's still, she's like, this sounds good, but I'm I'm not reading what you're going. And Jesus says unto her, go call thy husband and come hither. And she's like, you know what, I'm sorry to say I don't have a husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. Right here, the whole trip to the well was like, Wow, what has just happened to me? Something, I, something else is happening that I have not had my eyes open to at all. And whom thou hast now is not thine husband, and thou, that thou saidest truly. And the woman says, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. That's good. <coughs> Anyway, let's jump down to verse 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. For God is spirit, and they that worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman says to Him, I know that Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. And when He is come, He will tell us all things. It's like it's out there still. I know there's something out there that is so amazing, right? My point is that What's right here within that you can be tapping into? She's, she's talking to Christ himself, and she's still thinking this thing is coming, right? And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Whoa. <laughs> you know, now, now her eyes are opened. And this is what's great. And this, and upon this came his disciples right at this moment, and marveled that he talked with the woman, and no man said, why seeketh now? But verse 28 is what I love. After hearing this, it says, then the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city. It's like, this is what what happened when she realizes, okay, I'm gonna leave the water pot of what I've been drinking from. I've just run into a real source of life and I'm gonna go tell my friends that I have actually found the real source of life. When you actually have peace to your soul and you realize the difference of what it brings to you Connected against everything else that is coming. It is so utterly different. It's like, you know, kids, I I, can God out entertain what the world has to offer. I don't know that he does. I don't know that he competes on that field. You know what I mean? Like the stuff that comes that is so exciting to all of us, the well of life from within. It is not the same thing. You actually have to dig your own cisterns. That's that's what the Lord says. But the source is right available. It's like. God may not come down and slam your iPod shut and say, don't you know what I have here to offer and you're missing me? You know, I don't know how many times I've gone for an hour and realized, you know, this, these articles, this, whatever, this is not bringing life. You know, Lord, what do you have for me? I want those gaps to be shorter. I don't, you know, I want to be, I want to be meeting the day to say, Lord, okay, I know you have life for me today. I don't even know what it is, but I know you have life for me and I know that you have someone for me to touch or speak to, whatever it is. Lord, I want to be aware of those things. I don't want to be missing those things because I'm just looking for the next source of fun. I want to be aware of what you have for me. I want to take a look at, uh, back, in, back in Psalms here. Um, <clears throat> turn to Psalm 65. I read something the other day that was the most, one of the most hilarious things I've seen. It came up with a big, it was talking about natural disaster. Of all of the, of all the great natural disasters of war that we fear in this world, what's like the greatest natural disaster, you know, not natural, but man-made disaster that everybody is scared of? Nuclear. And the headline of this article was, what to do in the event of a catastrophic nuclear disaster. And I thought, what would they say? I had a lot of thoughts, so I clicked on the article. Like, in the event of a worldwide catastrophic nuclear disaster, what's the answer, you know? What's the bunker? You know what the first answer was? Manage your
1: stress.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This writer has really been in the Word. I mean, everything after that didn't even matter to me. i like, you know, I could just see someone, you know, guys, the world's gonna end. Don't stress out. (laughs) I don't know. It's just the most hilarious thing. Step one, manage your stress. I literally was, it took me a while to get to sleep after that one. That's great. Second one was run. No. um, (laughs) Where do you run? I just like that, you know. Manage your stress. It just sounded like the most hilarious. Manage your stress. What are you doing with the next nuclear disaster? I'm going to manage my stress. Okay. Let us see how that goes. You're going to Psalm 62. When the nuclear disaster strikes, if you are not connected to the Lord, managing your stress is not going to work. There is no stress management program. Mark Dixon taught us some moves about how to manage your stress. Those will not work, although they were really (laughs) exciting to watch. And I'm sure that I, I didn't have any stress as a kid. That was great. You know, starting a farm as a kid is the greatest thing because the debt, no problem. You're not worried about it. The power goes out. It's a party. Everything, every natural disaster that happened at the farm, Ben and I had the best day ever, you know? I mean, you can't boat. You can't go to school. Things are totally messed up. The schedule is done. You know, catastrophe. We're boating food across in a bucket with John Donaldson. It's the best thing ever, you know what I mean? I think we thought of sabotaging the generator a few times. Then you get old and you're like, oh, my God. The power is out. How many of our properties does this affect? Lord. I may not be able to redeem creation. Okay. No, really, uh, there is something about being, about not worrying about those things that I long for. It was great. I recommend starting a farm as a four-year-old if you're going to, it's a lot more fun. It was a blast for me. We just went to family life and they asked about starting the farm and I said it was the best thing ever. We didn't, we had a great time. All the woods were to explore, except for the turnips. Psalm 62. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him alone cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. <clears throat> you know, David, of all people, David was not a guy that liked to wait around. I mean, I, the Lord, one thing he showed me about my soul is that I don't have a patient soul. I like things to be... I'm like Brother Bill, like lines, when there's lines and there's a cashier over there that's not doing her job, I just want to go start running the store and bring an alertness and awareness of things right then, you know, I don't, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, Even if I didn't love Alaska, just the traffic in the South would probably drive me back to Alaska. I nearly lost my salvation of an hour sitting on A1A in Florida. You know, we were going to go to dinner, but we didn't go to dinner. We just went to traffic and it was like, that was a great dinner. And we went home after that. We were there for a week and then we made another plan on Thursday. I'm not sure why we did, but that was Tuesday. And on Thursday, we made another plan for someone. It was just an hour away. And instead of going to their house, we went to traffic again and we sat there. And I was looking as far as I could see, six lanes on this side, six lanes on that side, as far as you can see. And I thought, you know what? If I was a contractor, which I am, all I could think about was putting those people to work for that one hour. We could like build the Egyptian pyramids while we're sitting here. I mean, think of how much of America is just sitting on the asphalt right now. I mean, every day doing nothing. I don't. I don't know, I hope they shut their cars off because they're burning a lot of fuel. But I mean, literally sitting there going out of my mind, stuck and there's nowhere to go, just thousands of people just sitting on a road doing nothing. It's an, if you could turn that in, someone's gotta come up with an app that you can do while you're stuck in traffic because national debt would be wiped out instantaneously. I don't know, it just is. A few guys had the idea that I had to run on, you know, the emergency access lane. That really worked well for about 300 yards and then they were fine and that did not work out so well. Um, but I just, I am not, I mean, when I get stuck behind an Alaskan, no, a, a south, south tourist on the Alaska Highway and I'm going to work, I'm like, oh, I just have to cry out to God sitting behind them. You can, I pray out loud, my kids know, I pray out loud in the car and I say like, Lord, please take this person off the road in front of me. I don't know what I prayed, but it is just, I—it's. the other day I was in a hurry and I was, this is hilarious, I had been to the Foxyard counting some material and I had to get back to the office And I was coming around this way and trying to be very cautious. And there was Cisco or somebody delivering something and Cisco beat me to that intersection by like five seconds. And I spent the rest of the trip over thinking about what I had done with those five seconds to waste that time. It's just, if you, if you know what I mean, and you have that problem, you know what I mean, but that part of the day was unredeemed. I just lost it. It was gone like the guys in the traffic, but David. I do relate to David. He took action with things, and the Lord had to show him over and over again that there was not great fruit from that sort of action. I'm not talking about engaging with God, but just the impatience of wanting it now, that is just the soul, that the, our own soul left to itself, that is what it wants. It wants it now. Faster is better. You know, I mean, that's... Ed Larson is maybe putting in a subway. If they get things done half as fast as any other subway, I'm going to be so excited. Anyway... But we want it now. And it says, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only, this is verse 5 and 6, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And it goes down, Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour your heart out before Him. You know, <clears throat> there is not a magic. Um, I would be a liar to tell you that there's just a magic of running to the magic water and everything changing, because it doesn't sometimes. Sometimes we wait upon the Lord for a long time for something to break free. But if you really want to find living water, you know what? You are going to stay on your God for those things. And if you, if you consider the things in your life, and the thing, if I consider the things in my life that have been a purpose, that have been things that can't fade away, All of those things came by digging deep. Every single one of them came by digging deep. That is what we are called to do. And if you look at Paul, it is incredible. Paul has poured out the entire New Testament. You would think that Paul might like be in a seminary, just writing these epistles with the sun streaming in his little stony window. I mean, the life that comes through these epistles is incredible. And if you read, and I'm going to just read those, I know we all know those, but... Paul was not in a place of having a great fun day when when life, when establishing the church, when, you know, calling out to the people that he had set in place that were being challenged was just flowing out from him constantly. His burden for the church over and over again. There's a cry. It's like this is a guy that's living in misery and the externals aren't actually running what is within. There's right. There's no bearing. There's no day that can go good enough. And there's no day that should be able to go bad enough. To change the eternal fountain of life. It's disconnected. It's unfazed. It's unmoved by the things that happen. That is what I want to get connected with. I mean, it's just, it is a different life source than the life of this world. And what I can say about the life of this world is the Lord must want us to see the total ridiculousness, the total depravity of what this world has to offer in comparison with the life of a, of. Peace and life to my soul, because there is, when you, again, you read the news, you know what your soul gets? It gets anxiety. Try three articles, pick your best three articles, you know, it could be about the the debt, it could be about oil, it could be about whatever, you know, school things, it could, you know, it just brings anxiety. There is not peace to be had from the source of this world. But when you get connected and you dig well to the life of Christ, it's unshakable. And I just want to read the the review again that we know of what of what Paul went through is just amazing because as you read through and we'll close in Ephesians, but as you read through Paul giving and giving and giving, the guy literally is physically and emotionally just just been like nearly beaten to death, but he's connected to a different source. If there's any hope of having a life that is unmoved, that is the source you've got to get connected to. And this is Corinthians 11. You don't have to turn here. But I just want to read through this because it's just, we know this, but it's, it's just, I haven't had a day this bad or a life this bad. It says, of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. It's like, when I was a kid, they told me it was 39 stripes because generally you died after the 40th, right? I mean, five times. I don't... Mind-boggling. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Like, I thought people that got stoned died, you know? Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A day and a night have I been in the deep. In journeyings often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils of mine own countrymen. In perils by the heathen. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In the sea. Among false brethren. Like, that would have been some of the worst perils there. In weariness in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things which are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is offended and I burnt not? If I must needs glory, I will glory in the things which concern mine infirmities. And the, the point of this is that the provision that we have available to each of us isn't the provision that's just enough to make you get through a Tuesday morning or to get through whatever day is a bad day It is on a totally different scale. There, and, and all of us are aware of when we bump into that, when you bump into a conversation, when you bump into somebody, when we're encouraged by a Psalm that comes from within, when you hear uh, you know, someone that says a prayer and you know that they're just physically in such a battle and they're making a declaration of faith, and life just comes out of that. That ever, It's just, it's, it's undeniable. It's sourced from a different life source a source of a very deep fountain. A fountain that cannot run dry. And that, that to me is where I want to be found. I want to be found uh, drinking from that fountain. And the Lord doesn't always make it, <clears throat> make it easy. Um, he doesn't. I mean, there are things that you know you seek for yourself. There are things that your children seek out that you pray with them every night for, that you don't have an answer for, and you'd be a fool to make up an answer, because God does things that He doesn't tell us why. All we do know is that there is a purpose in everything that is happening, and I know for myself that God's purpose for me is to have me be fully persuaded that I don't want to be drinking of fountains that are gonna give waters that fail. I don't wanna be found drinking those fountains. I wanna be found connected to a source that enables me to grow, And enables me to maybe just by a fraction of an inch see, Lord, maybe I can't redeem creation, but I can speak to my neighbor some life. I can come into a conversation, maybe if you're in high school or junior high or whatever, and maybe you hear and just maybe you just say one sentence that comes against something that's of negativity and you change it around. That's that is the simple reality of what it means to have coming from within you living water. It doesn't take much. Maybe you don't say anything and you walk away, whatever, you know, whatever level you're at. But. When it's there, when you're connected, just like a spring, when that aquifer is pushing against a spring, a real aquifer, it's going to find its way up. It's going to have three streams flowing out that don't ever quit, that are just, it's going to come forth. That's the principle of the life of God. Turn to Ephesians 3. We'll close here. And again, we know this, but it's Paul. Considering what Paul has just said, There has to be a willingness for us to work, to do the work of coming before the Lord. You know, the word offer. And you know what? That isn't just easy street. You know, what we have said, I mean, the, the shift of what we said recently is that you can just wake up and sit there and the Lord will throw you on a spiritual conveyor into holiness. No, there is an involvement with the work of the Spirit. There is an involvement to dig deep. But there is a provision that is endless. <clears throat> and so we find Paul saying right here, after, after knowing these things, he's go to you, just you think about the, Paul is writing out of prison. Most of these things are literally penned out of prison. This is incredible to me that he's in this condition. You know, could be asking, he, you know, he, it's just amazing. And it says, and we'll just pick this up in 16, it says, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. That is where you want to be strengthened. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is all of this? And then in verse 20. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh within us. Unto Him be glory. Glory. We have got to have faith. Ben talked about faith and and the Lord making us people of faith. There is there. You have got to choose to believe that that really is available to you, that within you is this power within you is this life and and that you are going to be able to be strengthened by digging deep. It says of the of the tree that is by the rivers of water, it says it shall not see when heat cometh. I love that. If you are not by a living river of water, boy, when he cometh, you're going to be wiped out and hopefully driven to that source. John 7 says, he that believeth on me, as the scripture saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That is a promise that is not a failing promise. That is a, that is a promise of the fact that within each of us is a source of life that is the same source that Jesus himself was connected to, that Paul was connected to, that David was connected to, where they could say these things, not because they were, they were in their weakest condition saying these things, but they were actually connected to a source entirely separate from their own life that was the life of Christ. And that life is, thank you, Lord, <clears throat> it is an unwavering source of life. And when you dig deep, uh, There is no other option but for it to flow out and bless those around you. Amen.
0: Thank you. Uh, This is uh, vital to us. Uh, Particularly the, uh, I mean, I thought the line, I don't know if God competes or not. And I think that's a safe thing to say when you don't know. But the, the, the time he gives us to get it out of our system, you know, because some people, uh, it doesn't take, they're quick learners, they, they can smell it, they, you know, it looks like a, a, a swamp, it looks like a, it's full of snakes and vile filth, and others take time it takes time the devil will give you what you want up front he gives it to you up front god makes you wait for it but the the thing that 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 we experience that you can't get anywhere else is this this the business of peace because health the serenity being able to sleep uh, being aware of the fact that uh, uh, God is never going to leave you nor forsake you. The, the flirting with, with the, the law of the spirit of life and vacillating with that because the enemy has convinced good people that they really aren't attached anymore and so they live askew they're 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 zigging and zagging and I agree with you on patience and the natural it might be a good thing there are natural things that you have to do now the the blitzkrieg method was a general in the German army and he was kind of a hero because he said hit him now hit him first and for for criminal activity and and things like that I agree But the most important thing for all of us as far as growth certainly for me is to stay under I said something the other day I can't share it but God is so good I I was talking to a father and I said I'm not going to do anything uh, but if if God brings this about uh, I will move and I'd forgotten about it, I was in a situation, and exactly, exactly what needed to happen in terms of the interfacing took place. And for me, that's a big deal, because you, you know me, and I like, I, but let's do it now, let's do it now. And with real estate, and uh, sometimes with, uh, you have to be very careful, young men, with, with the ladies. Uh, it doesn't take them long to see that you care. But the, the, uh, the detachment, the attention, uh, if it's there, they'll see it. But you, you have to know uh, uh, exactly what it is in regard to uh, your advancing. Because frequently you, you can, um, uh, I mean, getting acquainted is an important thing. And uh, the, the hell's angels just to kind of grab their ladies by their hair and say, here, ride with me. But they're in the neighborhood where that's happening. But uh, God gives us the capacity to stay under him and get his direction. He is more interested in your peace and your productivity, no matter what it is, than you are. He is more advanced than you are. He's better than you are. He can throw better parties, and I, I really am glad you said that because to tell young people that they, you know, if they're on their own and they do their thing, they can't have fun. No, they will. No, they will, and I, I. I recommend, if you, if you think that's going to make you happy, go to it as quickly as you can so you get time to get over it. Uh, I don't warn anybody anymore. I used to. But the fast learners uh, go right for what they think they want. And uh, I know that's not necessary. They're, you all have, so have to be careful about it. But the most important thing is that the source is inside. It's yours. And he said that several times. And if, and and the issue is believing that you and God together and where he wants you to be and where he wants you to grow is available to you every step you take and you won't see it as you go. But this patience is all it means. It's not just waiting a long time, it's staying under. The hoopamino is to stay under God. And if that's central in your life, you will grow. And I, I was thinking tonight as he was talking about these. come on my dear, we want to hear from you. You, uh, you did have... Uh, You know, and I was thinking that what your son went through, uh, many times you probably thought, dear God, I wish I could have done that for him, because uh, it's it's very painful to see those you love go through it. Let us know what uh, about this now.
3: Okay. Number one, I wanted to say thank you for being a part of the journey. Um, i don 't think that well I know I know because of tapping into the life and being connected to not only this group here but all over the world through we had we had places praying all over the world and it we had one vision that came that showed bolts of light jumping from place to place you know and I swear he was under twenty four hours of prayer but Um, September 7th is when he had the accident and he was lifelifted, lifelighted out to Anchorage. And um, while we were still in Fairbanks, uh, Sarah got the phone call from the doctor and said, you know, preparing her that he would probably not be alive by the time we got down there. And we were quiet during that time that, light down and when we got into the room to see him um, it was awesome to see and I remember sitting down with the doctor I think it was about the second second day the doctor wanted to go over the reports with me and um, he was giving all the reasons and saying you know uh, there's no activity here we can't really see what's going on there's so much swelling and the swelling is going to be so great that um, he could be brain dead and we don't know how this is going to turn out and I looked at him and I said he will be fine either way and we will be fine either way but until that choice is made we will speak life to him and I mean that was that was bottom line with me you know it, and I was surprised at the force that, that it came out of it was you are giving me this report, and I understand the report because I have medical background in it, but I'm telling you that there is a higher power and we will speak life to him. And he looked at me and he got up and gave me a hug. Uh, It took about two and a half, three weeks um, before he came out of a coma, but there was a professor that was uh, making the rounds um, and he always had this entourage of people that he was training um, that would go along with him and he would make the rounds twice a week and he'd come up to the room and he always invited the nurse and whoever was in the room and usually Prince was there every day um, with Andrew. And Sarah would come and they would you know, take take turns. I knew my responsibility was, was with the three children. So that's why. Um, <laughs> Somebody has to hold the the home front during that time. So Prince was out there and the nurse gave the, um, you know, her briefing to the professor and all these students are standing around. And he listened to it and then he said, I want you to hear what I'm saying. We have no scientific explanation for what's happening. What's happening in that room is a divine miracle of God. That man should not be alive. It was that black and white, it was that trans obvious even to the medical doctor. And we had the head nurse um, come to us one day and she said, because <laughs> things were happening. We were putting I was putting out the word, you know, as to this is our next prayer request, this is what we need to see next, you know, and join us, this is what, what we're asking for, and then that next step would be met, you know, and so the head nurse came to us and she said I don't know what it is that you do, but this is the next step. <laughs> she said, uh, basically it was he needed to get off the ventilator and on to bypass breathing, you know? And, and so we put that report out, you know? We needed to get off the ventilator and on to, on to bypass breathing, you know? And there were so many miracles that, that happened that only God could do only god could do there wasn't anything that as a mother that i could do there's nothing that a father could do nothing that we had the ability other than just to break before god and to be connected excuse me if i cry (laughs) it is still so real to me and the grace and the mercy that we experience during this time Can tell you, Sarah and I spent a lot of time together at the at the house, and in praying and in singing singing together to encourage one another. And one of the things I think that was made so real to me was the word um, choose you. Choose, choose this day whom you will serve. No, and as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Okay. Let me ask you, when Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were in the fiery furnace and when Daniel was thrown into the pit, when did they choose? Did they have to wait until they were in those situations to choose? Or was there a choosing before they were in the situation? Choose you this day. You cannot walk two paths. You cannot drink out of two springs. You can't bring forth both sweet water and bitter water. And a lot of our confusion is because we try to do both. And you can't do both. I think there comes a dividing. There has to be a rendering and a tearing away where you see when it comes to life and death matters that you choose
4: life
0: and I'll bet you, you thought about that.
3: Oh, through the test, through <laughs> the <laughs> yes,
0: Would, uh, so, Becky, go to the piano, Becky. Go ahead. Let me
3: say, little, yeah, I want to finish, I want to finish up the rest of the report there. That's true, about the Lord giving me the song through the test, through the trial, through every dark mile. In the depths of despair, I the Lord am always there. Of course, when you pen those words yeah. You know, then uh, what I was going through at that time was real to me. This was even more so on a, on a deeper scale. Sure. The truth is the truth no matter what. And, and it, I would not have been able to go through what I went through here had I not been choosing along the way. Right. right. And that's the truth for all of us. Sure. You have to choose today, you have to choose tomorrow. You make it part of your life so that you're choosing life and that you're choosing God because it is a matter of life and death.
0: And it's very clear the word tonight is, dig deeper." Yes, and you had to. Yes. Because you, you weren't ready, only in the sense of who you were standing with, because you didn't know this was coming. We didn't know it was coming? No. no.
3: No. So the report today, he's back home. He's a walking, talking miracle. The only thing that we're waiting for now is his vision to um, return. Uh, The neuro-ophthalmologist, we've had three different optometrists, ophthalmologists, and a neuro-ophthalmologist. Take a look at his eyes. His eyes are good. The nerves behind his eyes are good. It's just the brain that needs to heal to be able to communicate with his eyes. One of his his eyes, he was blind. Um, I think it was the left eye. Uh, Except for the lower fourth quadrant, he wasn't seeing. uh, He was seeing only out of the lower fourth quadrant. Um, last week when he went to the ophthalmologist, he's now beginning to see the upper rim on that blind eye. And so healing's taking place. Um, he has been given, a, a, one of the doctors here locally, um, checked him over and everything and said, once your eyesight comes back, you're good. You're good to go. And that, I mean, that is amazing. Just absolutely amazing, yeah. And, and if you were to run into, run into him and to talk with him, um, well, he went and saw the, the speech therapist and the speech therapist said, you don't need me. <laughs> You're doing fantastic. I wouldn't even take you. Mm-hmm. You know. That's great. His enterologist has written him off um, wow. and cleared him. So he's just going through some pain um, maintenance um, management, pain management, because he's still having, well, He's having some headaches, and the headaches is the indication still of the brain working and sorting it out. It takes a little bit of time for that to happen, and so he's um, doing through that. But he's home being a a daddy and being a husband and doing what he can around the house and engaging, and it's a good report.
0: For you to be here tonight in a word like this because you did have to dig deep to hold on with us with your faith. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you judge us every moment and you try us. And even as Job, who was your <laughs> the the brightest specimen of righteousness, argued and complained and tore. He knew uh, who you were and finally he he achieved your direction through that test and we thank you that we have the resources within us as we've heard tonight from Gabriel great God don't allow us to forget it the source of life is available for everything that's before us in Jesus name thank you Lord